This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of the Ho 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 Homestyle Radio Podcast Calendar. Father Christmas here with you as always, and I have to say, I'm a bit scared to open door number nine. In all honesty, when this chap saw a huge red presence in front of him at Old Trafford in November 2011, it made him kick the ball so hard it would have knocked your. F- beard off if you caught it in the face so you can see why I'm a bit cautious years and years of grooming and care have gone into this beard of mine not like that thing that's attached to Chris Hambling's chin Jesus, he needs to grow some hair up top because he looks like he's got his head on upside down <laughs> anyway here we go door number nine Your advent calendar today is Mr. Darren Ambrose. Hi, Darren. Hello, how are we? Oh, brilliant, yeah. I did mess that up the first time. That's the, the main thing that happened there. <laughs> uh, and obviously, we are also joined by Nick Philpot giggling in the background. Hi, guys. Right, let's get going. Um, so to start us off, really, um, I'd, I'd love, love to know what, how did you get into football in the first place? You know, what, what age were you and, you know, did you have a, a set position as a youngster? Um, well, long, obviously a long story. I mean, yeah. football was just my life from from a really really early age. You know, my mum and dad, you know, before I can even remember, would would say I was always with a football at my feet, and you know, I was in a, a very early walker as well. I think I walked. My, my parents said I walked at just just under seven months, so I I always had had the balance and. You know, and it just it just went on from there. I think I joined my first team in a league. I think it was called the Ghost League in in Harlow, which I was under eight. Um, got scouted for West Ham at, at, at a point when I was ten, and um, I remember playing a game at under 11s against Ipswich, funnily enough. And mm. um, Ipswich come straight into me after the game and just said that we'd like you to to come and, and join in with us and. 
and, and see how it goes. West Ham was stalling and I kept training. I was never really offering anything. So I, um, I'm, well, my parents said, look, if, if I want and I'm, I want to go and give it a go, then, then I, I can. And, you know, it just kicked on from there, really. And, you know, I, I, I became a, a scholarship, a scholarship. I got my scholarship at 16 and, and made me a, my debut at just under 18. So, you know, I've, I've always, always wanted to be a footballer and, you know, I can kind of see going off, off subject really, off topic. I can kind of see myself in my, in my son now because he's exactly the same as, as what I can imagine I was. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and so you, as you say, you made your debut at a very, a very young age for Ipswich and pretty much made an, an impact straight away. Um, you know, and I think it was was it the season after? I think you played thirty seven games in the league, according to my information. It was, correct. it was, uh, you know, it was a kind of meteoric rise. But you got a, a very very quick move uh, to, to Newcastle, obviously then managed by the, the great Sir Bobby Robson, and that that must have been, well, kind of, I guess it's just an incredible thing to happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, at an early age, I. I made my debut at Highbury um, against Arsenal. It was a, it was a strange strange debut for me. It was obviously fantastic because it was my first game, and it was the you know, that and that game which were relegated into into the championship. So, you know, obviously I'm in the changing room, quietly buzzing that I've just made my debut, and the the lads around me are obviously devastated that we've got relegated. That you know, obviously found out in years to come what that, that feeling feels like. So yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a strange, strange day, obviously delighted, but, you know, turning a negative into positive for myself, it, it I was straight in the team the following season, being in the championship. Would I have been in the team in the Premier League? I'm not so sure. I would have probably been there and thereabouts, but, you know, a few, few departing, departing players got me in the team in, in, in the following season. And, yeah, again, it was a it was a great season for myself personally. As I said, I um, I think I had eleven goals in in the thirty seven games that I played, and and I was scouted. And it was a difficult time for Ipswich. We we was in administration at the time. I think it was April. I ended up getting the move to to Newcastle, and you know I was I'm in an iron river. I wanted to go. Um, I'd, I'd gone up there with with my family, with my agent, and. You know, I was in mindset that I, I didn't really want. I wanted to go back to to Ipswich, and you know, that's that's where all my mates were. Really, that's where yeah. I'd, I'd grown up the the previous six seven years. So, you know, I, I was I was on an in and it got to around I think if I remember rightly half eight I think, and door swings open and and Sir Bobby Robson walks in that I hadn't I hadn't met him previously, and he just changed my opinion straight away. He knew every single thing that he needed to know about me. It was to a game that I played at Grimsby away on a cold Tuesday night that we lost 3-0. He knew everything I'd done in that game, every stat. And he just convinced me that that was the right right move to do, the right place to go. And, you know, from that moment on, he sat in the room for three, three and a half hours with us. And, you know, when he left the room, I'd signed. So that was the kind of, the kind of man we were dealing with. He was... He was a one of a kind. That's incredible. And as a, as a coach, what was he like? Was he hands on, or or you know? I mean, obviously, he was. I suppose the latter part of his career, um, you know, obviously when he went back to his his hometown mm. club in Newcastle. But uh, you know, he was always a kind of a of a track seat manager. Did that kind of follow through to that age? 
it, it did. It did, believe it or not. Um, he was, I think, early 70s when I was up there, but fit as a fiddle. You know, he would join in training, you know, he'd be that hands-on coach, as you said. Fantastic man-manager, knew everyone, knew everyone's family, everyone inside out. Um, treated everyone like he was related to them. You know, he's a father figure to everyone, myself included. You know, he had some good staff with him, John Carver, David Geddes. You know, they were they were great as well, and they knew exactly what he wanted, his philosophies. And, you know, we, we had a fantastic team back then. You know, we, we was in the Champions League. We, I think the season I joined, we'd just finished fourth in the Prem. So, you know, it was a, it was a massive club and a, a, a really big move for myself that, you know, I'm, to look back on now, I'm proud to have, have achieved something like that, playing for a club of, of that stature at that time under, a, an, you know, a, an unbelievable manager and, and probably one of my favourite managers up to date. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, that's been an incredible experience playing under him. And obviously you, you, you stayed, you remained at the club uh, and until after, after he left, um, uh, but I suppose the your overall feeling of Newcastle, even though you, you know you obviously, I think towards the end you weren't playing as much as you wanted. It was a was a positive experience for you. Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't change that for the world. To be honest, it was like I said. I joined the Champions League side. Got I think we the following year we we got to the semi final of the AFA Cup. Um, we got to two semi finals the FA Cup. You know, it was a great great time for me up there and. You know, in hindsight, I, I I could have stayed. You know, I'd I when um, Graham Souness come in, I didn't play as much as I would have liked. But towards the end of the season, I did play five six games, scored a few goals. You know, he was keen on keeping me as well, and but I kind of made the decision that not 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 that Charlton was a step down because it was still a Premier League club and ten years in the Prem they were. I just felt. I, if I could take a step backwards to move myself forwards, I, I was willing to give that a go. And yeah. you know, uh, unfortunately, the, the following year we got relegated at Charlton. So that that's what brings me back to what I said previously. That you know, I felt the the feeling that everyone had when when you got relegated. So you know, hindsight, I could have stayed and should have stayed, but you know, hindsight's a wonderful word in football, and <laughs> isn't it just? Uh, everyone everyone uses it. I I, I never regret anything. Nah, exactly, and I mean, you, you say it wasn't a step down. As Palace fans, obviously, we would call that a step down because you know it was Charlton, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure obviously you spent you, you spent a long time at Charlton. Uh, but I'm going to gloss over that <laughs> because it's Charlton. Uh, we we can focus on the relegation, but that would be unfair on you. And obviously, yeah, we, we after after what happened between the two clubs, we quite enjoyed that. But that's obviously not a yeah. particularly positive experience for you. Um, so to, uh, towards the end of that, you you went back to to Ipswich on loan uh, a yeah. little, and um, so um, but but eventually, I, I suppose you know it was it was your contract running out that led you to Crystal Palace. So. Mm. You know, take us through that. You know, who made the move happen, and what was the thinking behind it? Well, I mean, yeah, I come to the end of a four-year stint at Charlton. Um, we just the, I didn't play a lot in the last season. I obviously I went on loan to Ipswich, and they were in a bit of financial difficulty. Um, I, you know, I didn't want to re-sign. Whether they would have re-signed me or not, I don't know, but my decision was always that I wasn't going to, I was going to look elsewhere, but I just had a young family. I just had my, my first two children. Um, they were, I think three, two and three. So I didn't really want to, you know, move, move out again, up sticks and go. So 
So I think the day after the season ended, um, Neil Warnock phoned me and said the interest of, of Palace and, you know, was it a difficult choice for me personally? No, you know, I, I wasn't moving house. I knew what kind of club Palace were. I knew what the, the fans were about. You know, it was, I, I knew if I could go in and, and play how I know I could play, then albeit I'd come from the, the local rivals, I knew they'd take to me straight away. So I was more, um, it was more of a, a, a confidence in my own ability that I could come and win everyone over. So it was like a, a challenge for myself and, you know, the rest of history really is yeah. probably up to date been my, my my best period to um in, in football. Yeah, it was incredible, wasn't it? It, it? it just it just clicked straight away. I think the system that uh the Neil Warnock played and, and the role he had for you just suited you down to the ground and uh you know, you pretty much hit, hit the ground running there. I mean well, you talk about confidence in your own ability, did you ever think you'd be scoring sort of twenty goals in a season? Um, I did when I first uh, started the obviously in football. I'd scored 11 in, in 30, 37, like, like we said, at Ipswich. And that was at a very young age. So I always felt that I've, I could score. Obviously, I went to Newcastle in the Prem. It was a, I was very young. I didn't score as many as I'd have liked to or wanted to at the time. But I always knew I, I, I could. And, you know, again, the confidence in my own ability, then Neil Warnock had the confidence in me as well, you know, from from first speaking to him, he basically said, look, you're going to have a free role. You know, obviously he wants me to, to put a shift in, but you can have a free role in and, in and around the team. And I've, I had players, you know, Sean Derry was a massive influence for me as well. Just yeah. used to fill in for me all the time. He, he'd pull me in training sometimes and say, I want you to go drifting in and out and, and see if you can go and get the ball. And because his job, it makes his job easy because he just fills in for me. So, you know, to have a manager and, and players around you with confidence as well, it, it obviously fills you even more. And like you said, I, I think my then I come on at half time. I just previously got an injury, but I come on and you know the second game. I think I scored two in the cup. So yeah, I did kind of hit the hit the ground running, and you know it, I, I never looked back really. And you know myself and all footballers really are confidence players. You know, and if you start well and people take to you well you're always gonna just keep keep going from strength to strength really yeah and obviously it wasn't just the fact you you know you got the numbers of goals I, I i genuinely can't recall someone scoring the kind of the consistent quality of goals that you did in that in that period and obviously afterwards as well we'll we'll, we'll come to the very very magical one but there was uh <laughs> i do you know i think i missed one game uh, that first season and it was when you scored against Sheffield United with that incredible volley that just that yeah. does my head in I missed that <laughs> great goal that was but uh, yeah, I pretty much saw everyone, every other uh, goal live yeah. um, we, we spoke to, to we speak to Steve Parrish quite a lot on this show and um, he sort of told us about uh, you know when they came in I think a, a move to, to QPR was almost on the cards for you uh, but yeah. that kind of turned around Obviously, that was a very, very difficult period to be at Palace with the... Mm. You'd just gone through the administration. You know, we were in quite a strong position in the league. You get on a plane to yeah. Newcastle in one position, land in yeah. another. And it was it must have been yeah, very, very, very tough. No. <laughs> so, um, I mean, what was sort of going through your head at that time about what, what your options were and what you were going to do? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I did have a fantastic first year at Palace and never going through the season in my mind that I think I was going to have an opportunity or leave at the end of the season. Um, obviously, Neil Warnock left. Um, 
that kind of changed a little bit because he was the man that brought me in. You know, when that happens, you kind of question whether you're going to be used as much, um, although I felt I, I was doing well. Um, so, yeah, then, then we obviously went into administration, like you said, which was a very tough time. As players, you don't you try not to let that affect you on the pitch. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, we got the right result at the end of the season to stay in the league because I don't think we deserved to be where we were. We was battling for playoffs at one point and then in a relegation scrap. So, you know, then QPR did come in and, you know, I'd all but agreed to go. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Brendan Guilfoy was the um, administrator. I think we'd agreed with him. He agreed. You know, I think administrators, I I don't think they get their money to help the club until the club's sold. So, a window of opportunity come up for Steve Parrish and the other guys to to put a stop to it, and they did. So, you know, there's no lies. I I, I did agree to to leave, and I was going to. But when the opportunity come, I knew the club was going to take be taken over. You know, I kind of wanted to take that step and go. Well, hold on, let's let's stay put because I I had a great time. I loved my time at Palace and. I just wanted to to see where where the club was going to be. Yeah. Then, obviously, it, it ticked another box. They brought George Burley in as manager, albeit it didn't go too well for him at the club. But he was my manager who brought me through the ranks at Ipswich, so it kind of made sense just to to stick around and and, and go again, basically. Albeit the club was in a, a very difficult time, but you know it was again another great few seasons after that for me and you know I, I, I'd i never say I regret not leaving I'm actually I think I'd regretted leaving to be honest in all honesty so I'm, I'm glad that that got turned around yeah it was a, and it was a huge lift to the fans at the time and we, we really did obviously need that I think there was a couple of other players who were teetering on the edge of going as well and it was nice to yeah. have that little bit of stability and, and sort of continuity come in and obviously it gave us the opportunity to see some more fantastic goals from you um, you know obviously I think uh, up until that point that I'm about to get to I think before Neil Warnock left I think pretty much I think it was his last game wasn't it against Villa with the free kick uh, yeah, yeah. which was I, I thought you're not going to be able to ever top that what a great goal that yeah. was and then not that long after Manchester United talk us through I mean you've, yeah. you've talked through it a number of times but what were you doing shooting from there <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. I think I got I come out of the game and me, me old man said to me like that was uh, a bit too far. You know, <laughs> we know we know you like to shoot, but like, what was you thinking? And you know, I've t- I think I've told this story a few times. I was I was actually on the bench for that game, and um, you know, I felt I was doing well. And you know, Dougie called me and said, "Look, you're going to be on the bench." And, his reasons totally you know we was going to, to Old Trafford we'd, we'd just come off I think a 10 game losing streak you know we, we wasn't doing that well in the league not that we felt we were going to go and get embarrassed but you know if we went up set our stall out two banks of four and tried to, to stop them playing you know we might nick something that was exactly the reasons you know I was as frustrated as anyone because I wanted to play in this, this big game so I went out, I was outside um, with Jermaine Easter and we were smashing balls left, right and, uh, you know, a bit in anger, a bit in, let's see what we do, but, you know, they were going everywhere, you know, I was clearing a hedge behind the, the goal and, 
you know, and I was just thinking to myself, look, I've, I've gone, my head's gone, I've lost it, I can't shoot anymore. But brings me to the, the following day, and I, I come on at half-time, a few injuries, a bit of luck for myself. I come on, picked up the ball, and it was kind of second nature, whether that was because I did it the day before. I didn't realise that I was that far out. I just thought, well, I didn't think really. I just got it and hit it. And it, it just went perfect for me. So, you know, that's a memory that will live with me to my dying days, to be honest. It's, and my wife, my family, you know, my parents. It's It was a special occasion for everyone. And then to win the game, was just it just topped it off, really. And, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll remember that forever. I know Nick wants to jump in and ask you a couple of things on this, but I, I, I've just got to say, um, I've never seen anyone hit a shot that seems to speed up um, the <laughs> further it goes. I, I think it was still speeding up when it hit the net. It was incredible. Um, I think so, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And obviously the reaction to it, I mean, you know, looking back at the commentary on the game, I was at, I was at the game, but obviously I recorded it and watched it back later. And obviously Gary Neville said it's the best goal he's ever seen at Old Trafford and all that kind of stuff. It was just, uh, yeah. but my favourite thing was the commentator saying, not a bad hit as you hit it. So, what do you mean, not a bad hit? It's a massive, massive understatement. Um, yeah. But go on, Nick, you can jump in there, mate. Yeah, Darren, I was in the crowd that night as well. And then, do you remember the iconic picture of the, the dad with the two children in his arms? Oh, celebrating I do. Your goal? I do. Okay, well, that was my best friend, Mark, who now has sadly passed. And I was standing, yeah. next, yeah. I was standing next to him when he scored, he scored that goal. I've got to ask you, how many times have you watched that goal back? Uh, a lot. <laughs> more so, I, I watch it more now than I did back then. You know, when when I first did it, I come out, watched it a few times. Thought, oh, I like that one. That's one of my favourite goals. It's not my favourite. And um, now, obviously, my son, he's six now. He's massively into football. He watches it all the time. And like you said, it's it's the commentary that um, you know, he's in the other room, and I can hear the commentary, and I'm like, oh, so the, so. I, I get out running there too because I want to look at it as well. So it must be really not played for that's it. Not playing for a while as well. The last couple of years, it is. It's a memory for me, and you know, it's one. It's one of those goals. I think Glenn Murray said it at the end of season two. It's one of these goals that I'm kind of a memory for now. Wherever I go, whenever I'm talking about football, everyone seems to have seen this goal, no matter what age they are. So. It's special for me and my family that I've, I happen to have that because not many people have, have a memory like that in their career. So I'm really proud of that achievement, to be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, right, and rightly so. No, it's one, we still sing about it now. And it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's going to be on highlights packages forever until there are no highlights packages. It's just great. It's great oh, stuff. That's great. That's really nice to have. And obviously, I, I, I won't go uh, too much. Obviously, into into your, your your later career, but I do have, have to ask. Um, I, th- I think well, you're only still 33 now. You, you retired pretty early. Was that injury or just lack of opportunities or or, or what? Really? Um, well, I, I mean, it was it was neither it was neither injury. I, I was fit. I had options to carry on. You know, again, it a lot of them were would have been me getting up and moving house again. Um, I haven't actually officially retired. I know it sounds silly. It's been well, 16 months now. But, you know, if, again, if the right option come along, I would consider coming back. I keep myself fit. You know, I do I do like to keep myself fit and, and, and play football whenever I get a chance. But saying that, you know, I'm more likely not going to play again. You know, 
the decision I made was more, I, I'd just come off the back at Colchester um, and my wife was pregnant with our fourth child. So I know having the, the first three, being involved in football, you do miss the childhood. You do miss them growing up. You know, there's a lot of times you're away. So, you know, I made the decision, said to my wife, look, I'll, um, I'll have a year off, you know, at least until and um, I'll just see, stick with her with the baby. Um, I, I had the chance to go to India when when that when she was pregnant when she was due, so I turned that down. Um, so it's more of a, a, a case of spending time with my family. You know, I know I could um, continue now. I, I've, I'm very confident if someone come in, I could. <clears throat> Whether I do or not is a is a different question. I think having not played for for so long, I've I've not missed it that much. Because oh. I've, I've obviously I'm I'm spending time with my family, which I've not been able to do for the last fifteen, sixteen years. Um, so that kind of tells. If I was, you know, getting um, all sorts of upset and, and frustrated at, at not playing, and I know I'd want to carry on, but the fact I've not missed it, it might be telling me that it's, it's probably the time to to say I won't play again. Yeah, that brings me back to if I do get another option that I I felt would be right for myself and my family, you know, why not? I'd, I'd definitely give it another go. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So I suppose uh, that leads me quite nicely to we're going to steer it back towards Christmas now. Um, you've talked about you know having the opportunity to spend time with your family, and we're going to ask this question of, of, of a lot of the people we speak to. But as a player, the Christmas period is obviously typically extremely busy. So what, what's your general experience of, of the Christmas period? And, and do you have any kind of highlights or lowlights of that period? Um, well, yeah. Like, like I said previously, per, on a personal level, it's a difficult period when you have young children, you know, you, you never see them, you know, you're either training Christmas morning or you're training Christmas morning, leaving Christmas night or, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough, you know, way of, it's a tough job really when, when you have got a young family, but you know, on the flip side for actual business and for football and for the league you know I think there's what seven games in December you know and, and a few early January so it's, it's turning point in season you know and I look at Crystal Palace this year not started that well four points from 11 and I think you know there's there's a lot of points to grab in December and over the Christmas period and 
it is. It, it, if you if you get pick up a few points, it does turn your season round, and everyone knows that. You know, you either come out of your your battle with relegation, or you're, you on the other side, you're, you're battling for leagues. You know, you can pick up so many points and turn yourself around. And you know, I I, I really enjoy Christmas. I think I've I've I can't remember the exact amount. It was about five, six Boxing Days. I think I've scored in. So I have a a good time over Christmas, and you know, but like like I said, I'm going to enjoy my time off this year with my family. So it's it's a difficult, but it's worth it. If you're doing well, if you don't pick up points, it could be very daunting because you people are just pulling away because there's so many games. But yeah. if you start picking up points, then you're you, you, you go into the new year on a massive confidence high, and you never know where that can lead you. Exactly, and fingers crossed that happens for for Palace this year. We're certainly getting the performances, so uh, yeah, hopefully that will that will continue. Yeah. All right, and we'll uh, as we as we go to the end of this, we've got Nick with some quick fire kind of light hearted questions, I believe. Okay. Right, Nick. Okay, Here we go. It. Right, Darren, three hundred approaching three hundred and fifty appearances, nearly a third of them for Palace. Okay, you must have played yeah. with some absolute characters in the Palace squad. Who was your funniest player, and who was your daftest player you played alongside? Um, well, probably the same person, um, probably been mentioned before, Danny Butterfield. Yeah. Was <laughs> very, is. very funny I didn't realise he was such a character. He really was. And believe it or not, he come, he obviously come on loan to Charlton, um, one, my final year. And, you know, straight up guy, got on well with him when I was there, um, wasn't the same guy as at Palace. So... <laughs> When I'd obviously sat walked into the dressing room, it was the Danny Butterfield of like that we all know now. Absolute character, extremely funny guy. I just got on really well with him. And I think when you need guys like that, you know, when times were going hard, you know, he was there and he always cheered things up with little comments, little things he'd done, little you know, little pranks he used to pull. So yeah, it's the same guy for me. Good day. Good day. Okay, so moving on from that, favourite Christmas tradition in the Ambrose family household? Um, well, I'm not really that traditional, to be honest, but um, I tend to just, after dinner, just make a load of desserts, open the door and just let the kid run wild in there. Or me and the missus just sit outside and have a glass of wine, really, so... That's not so much a tradition, but it's kind of a, a relief after the long day. You just relax and then, you know, clean up and clean up all the mess afterwards, which isn't always nice. So, four children, describe Christmas morning in the Ambrose household. Um, yeah, a bit a bit hectic. I mean, I, I learned from a, uh, when the kids were young, whatever you have to build, build the night before because... That has ruined my Christmas. We've nearly divorced me and the missus over Christmas morning, <laughs> setting things up. And everyone will know this with with young kids, and you know you've got to set up play play pens and stuff. And you know it gets to four or five in the afternoon, you're still not done. They're like, "Where's me? Where's me toy?" It's freezing cold outside. You're trying to set this scooter up or bike, and you know it doesn't go well. So brings you back to that glass of wine is needed at the end of the day. So it's hectic early morning, you know. I'm enjoying it now. I enjoy it more now than, than I was when I was playing. So, 
Um, the kids, a couple of them are growing a little bit older, 10 and 8. We've still got a 6 and a 1-year-old, so they're going to enjoy it more so this year. And, you know, the magic's still there in, in our house, and, you know, long may that continue. Absolutely. No, that's great to hear. And um, obviously, that's we'll, we'll, uh, we'll end things there. And I suppose the best thing to, to end with is to say, you got a quick Christmas message for the Palace fans? Yeah, obviously, um, Merry Christmas to everyone and uh, a prosperous new year and um, filled with many points, many wins. And, you know, hopefully I can come down at some point this season in a new year and, and see how everyone is and, you know, hopefully, uh, like we said, we, we start moving up the league, kicking on, beating these good teams like we did at Chelsea. And, you know, hopefully the future's bright and we, we turn that corner, like I said. Fantastic. Thank you, Darren. Thank you so much. And uh, obviously, hope the family have a, have a great Christmas too. And Thank we'll you let you go, mate. Much. Happy Christmas, Darren. Thanks, mate. Thank you a lot. Cheers. Happy Christmas. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's all for today, boys and girls. Oh, come on. It's no good crying about it. There'll be another episode tomorrow, you impatient little f- In the meantime... Please like and share this ho 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 Homestell Radio Podvent calendar in order to help us raise more money for the Palace for Life Foundation. See you tomorrow. Merry Christmas. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.